All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Bloodlines, EurofolkRadio.com. Today is September 8, 2019, and we're just a few weeks away from the Feast of Trumpets. And today, uh, on uh, Brother Hebert's show, uh, which will be uh, broadcasting at noon Central Time, he will be, uh, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure if it's the first segment or the second segment of a series on the fall feast days. So very much looking forward to that so that we can all learn about Yahweh's holy feast days and their prophetic significance. And of course, we here at Eurofolk Radio and most two seed liners do practice and even a lot of non-seed line identity congregations. I've been to several non, um, I'm sorry, non-identity, non-seed line identity congregations who do practice the feast days. Because uh, the fact is, uh, many, many uh, Christian congregations throughout history have maintained the practice of the feast days. And just because the Judeos don't do it doesn't mean that we shouldn't. In fact, these uh, feast days are commemorations. We're supposed to keep all the feasts as commemoration events. And uh, that's what we'll be doing, by the way, uh, weekend of October 4th through 6th. We'll be gathering in Harrison, Arkansas. And so if there's anybody listening who wants to join us, you can send me an email at Eli James at SBC. I'm sorry, Eli, Eli James at att.net. Eli James at att.net. And uh, just uh, shoot me a, a, an email and uh, we'll see if uh, you can attend. Okay. So, um, of course, we can't give the location out uh, because uh, Antifa will surely be there too. So, uh, and that's the uh, nature of the game today. Uh, yesterday, we did a show on One to One with David Kaheri, who's uh, publishing uh, uh, efforts to expose the Jewish assault on the USS Liberty, have been censored. Uh, they, they no longer have a PayPal account or a Stripe account because the Jews cannot afford for the truth about them to get out. That was a Jewish assault on America. It was a Jewish attack on America. And we're coming up next week, uh, September 11th. Uh, Andy and I are going to be doing a show about the Jews who brought down the Twin Towers. Uh, Without any doubt, folks, it's the Jews who, who assaulted America yet again. And when they, they assassinated Kennedy, it was a Jewish attack on America. And when the Rothschilds assassinated Lincoln and Harrison and all the other presidents that have been assassinated, they have been assassinated by Jews, every last one of them. So, folks, you if you're new to this message and you're not familiar with these things, then you don't know what's going on in the world. You're, you're like a, a child in a, uh, in a candy store. <laughs> And all you're looking at is the candy, and you don't realize that there's a, a a Grinch sneaking up behind you, ready to snap you up and throw you in a vehicle and send you to Jeffrey Epstein's island, okay? That's the kind of world we're living in, and you better get used to it. You better wake up, because this world is full of evil people, and... 99% of the evil in the world is orchestrated by these people who call themselves Jews. They are not Israelites. They are the children of the devil. And if you don't know that, that means you haven't been listening to your folk radio enough, okay? 
All right, folks. Yeah, so Brother Abear just posted in the chat room. Trumpets show next Saturday at 6 p.m. Very good. Thank you, Brother Abear. Okay, and then, <clears throat> yeah, we'll see if we can. Uh, I'll have to uh, call Mike Hallamore, uh, Bavaria fellow, and we'll see if uh, he can, he should be able to attend. He's right near there. And uh, so a lot of uh, people, Doc Waterman and um, uh, David from Branson, I've done many videos with him. Uh, he's a Bible scholar, especially focusing on the book of Revelation and the correlations between the Old Testament and the New Testament. He's done a wonderful series about how, when if you're in doubt as to whether the word Gentile in the New Testament is a reference to the Israelites, he leaves no doubt by just uh, proving the cross-references going back into the Old Testament. So if the New Testament falsely reads Gentile, just cross-reference the passage to the Old Testament, and you'll see if that passage is about Israelites or not, okay? Because the writings of Paul are... 50% 50% references to the Old Testament. He's constantly referring to the Old Testament, constantly. And so so it's easy to check, well, what is Paul talking about? What is the New Testament talking about? And just do the cross-references, and you'll find you know, for sure whether the reference is a reference to the Israelites or to non-Israelites, because the word goy in the Hebrew simply means nations. Same for ethnos. If you've been listening to Brother Abear's shows, you should know this by now. The word goy means nations, and you have to look at the context to determine whether it's speaking of Israel, non-Israelites, or everybody, all the nations in the world. The context determines what the word means. Okay, same is true for the word ethnos in the Greek, which if you look up the definition, by the way, they changed it on Esword. But my old strong concordance still says race, comma, nation. So the true definition of the word ethnos is race, folks, not Gentiles. <laughs> okay, this is deceptive translations, and, and that's what we talked about actually last night as well on Restoration Hour. I did a solo show with a wonderful segment at the last half hour with uh, Brother Daryl, and uh, Brother Daryl should be at the uh, Feast of uh, Tabernacles as well. So we should have a really good crowd assembled at the Feast of Tabernacles in Harrison, Arkansas, this coming October 4th through 6th. Also, we have a couple of representatives, Dalton from the Texas Nationalist Party. And his family are going to be there. So we're going to have an overflow crowd this year because the Christian identity movement, folks, is the truth. There's no stopping us. There's no stopping the remnant. The remnant will prevail. Yahshua Messiah will see to that. And I know there's a lot of you. One of the most frequent questions I get by email is, I'm all alone here in, in the central New York. I'm surrounded by New Yorkers, most of them Jews or dumb, dumbass. I'm sorry, I shouldn't say that. Ignorant to their Christians. And I'm all alone. I can't stand it anymore. I need fellowship. I feel your pain. So we're looking to, by the way, uh, next year's Fash Bash is going to be in eastern Pennsylvania. Again. So, uh, you know, I'll... 
again, I'll make the announcement of when we will be there. And so if you're looking for fellowship, you know, just contact me uh, on these events, these movable feasts that we're using. Okay. So and we have no choice but to make the feast movable because uh, the, the Antifa crowd and the ADL is always after us, wanting to disrupt our activities, break our bones and whatnot. Okay, yeah, right, uh, and uh, Brother Abair says, try to find the prophecy of Gentiles being included in the OT. It's not there. Gentile is a disease you catch and die from. It sure is. It's false doctrine, false doctrines. Now, by the way, I'm going to uh, copy this link and put it in the chat room. And also, when um, I get anglo-saxonisrael.com back up again, uh, I'm going to paste this link there as well because the uh, Covenant People's Ministry, which I believe is still run by uh, Visser, Jeremy Visser, has archived 100 of my talk show shows. So I just put the link in the chat room here. 100 of my sermons on talk show starting with the, my analysis of William Fink's and Clifton Emmeheiser's false analysis of Genesis 1 through 4, where they claim not only the white race was formed or created by Yahweh, and all other people are hybrids with the Edomites. And, of course, I, I refuted that uh, doctrine in my article, Crumbs, and also... My article, Genesis 1 and 2, which will be following uh, after, I think, after today's show. And this is a continuation of the Enmity Part 1. So uh, take a look at that. And when I put www.anglo-saxonisrael.com up again, because uh, I'm, I'm transferring it from a Drupal site to a WordPress site so I can more easily manage it and also turn it into a blog so I can take emails and maybe even live comments from people. And it will be my main source of communication, uh, second to Eurofolk Radio. But I'll be able to, uh, how should I put it, uh, have live conversations with people on that website once I get it changed over. So it's going to be down for a few more days. And I'll just be building it back up slowly as uh, articles are put in and the entire site is restructured and uh, it won't look very much different from the current Drupal site but while I'm restructuring rebuilding the Drupal site is down and it's not accessible so as soon as I can I'll just put a few articles up on the WordPress site and uh, so people can start looking at that and uh, I'll see if I can even start the blog uh, early on because I want comments I want I want your feedback uh, I want you. I want to find out how many Jew. I mean, how many of our people are Jew savvy yet? And it's a wonderful thing to look at these other websites and YouTube presentations and BitChute presentations, and the comments there. The more the people who are Jew savvy are making the most comments on all of these sites. It's wonderful to behold, and they're and even Morphonius, Morphonius, who he's the guy. He's the reporter who exposed all of the government and, well, he didn't mention the ADL, but he did implicate the Jews in the Mossad, uh, to what happened in Las Vegas. 
a year ago. Okay, so uh, he was really on top of that and showing that uh, this guy, the so-called shooter, was actually an agent. CIA, FBI, Mossad, I don't care which it is, they're all related, they're all controlled by the Jews. And he did the yeoman's work on exposing all of that. A wonderful job. Well, he just came out with a video saying that the Ashkenazi Jews aren't Israelites. Whoa, that's good. I like it when people wake up. It makes my day when people wake up. Nothing better in the world to see white people waking up to who the real enemy is. And, and there is no such thing as white supremacism. There is biblical dominion given to us by Yahweh. And actually, we'll be going into that very shortly. So, I just wanted to uh, present that to you, that uh, 100 of my radio shows have been preserved as at the Wayback Machine archived there. So thank you very much. I'm, I'm pretty sure it was uh, Visser, Jeremy Visser, who put that, uh, put that saved all those shows and put them up. So thank you very much. Now, uh, also, another announcement. Uh, Eurofolk Radio has made the hit list of the ADL yet again. And uh, let's just, took a, uh, I'll copy this and put it in the chat room as well. Because we are, yeah, we are infamous. We are infamous in a world where the truth is hated. The the good people become infamous. Uh, here uh, from a tweet, uh, HB 2014. Don't know who this is, but I was forwarded this information from uh, from a Twitter account. List of YouTube accounts the ADL would like removed according to a blog on their website from August 15, 2019. Now, of course, uh, our website, Anglo-Saxon Israel, actually, I still have my Anglo-Saxon Israel YouTube account. That's still active. They haven't banished that yet, but that's only because I haven't been posting very much on there, and so I'm not a thorn in their side. But, of course, Eurofolk Radio uh, our, our account, YouTube account, was taken down. Our PayPal account was taken down. So everything the Jews control, they, you know, and of course, that's ful- a fulfillment of the prophecy that you will not be able to buy or sell without the mark of the beast. So we can't take donations. And, of course, the same thing happened to Dave Gahari at Moonrock Books, and he, he handles uh, Andrew Carrington Hitchcock's Synagogue of Satan, among other books, including the Assault on the Liberty, the book is called Erasing the Liberty. And, of course, the Jews do not want that information out, that they're the ones who uh, assaulted America when they assaulted the USS Liberty. And uh, that uh, a large portion of my interview with David Gehari yesterday was about that, although we probably do an entire show devoted to that subject, how the Jews orchestrated the assault on the Liberty and how the half-Jew lying butcher Johnson covered it up and was was not concerned about American soldiers being killed or wounded. He was more concerned about kowtowing to the Jewish lobby. That's the kind of president we've been having lately, folks. Ever since Wilson, actually, the Jews totally compromised Wilson, and FDR was one of their number for sure. So was Truman. So was Ike de Kuyk, etc., etc. So the Jews have run this country since 1913. 
since they blackmailed Woodrow Wilson into uh, putting a Jew on the Supreme Court. That gave them their in. And then, uh, of course, more and more Jews have been added to the Supreme Court. And these people do not believe in America. They're, they're anti-Christ and they're anti-constitutionalists, every last one of them. And Earl, Earl Warren was a Jew too. He's the one who covered up the assassination of Kennedy. Earl Warren was an ordained rabbi. He was an ordained rabbi. So, and Ike de Kike and Earl Warren, and he was a total communist, the commie rabbi, they forcibly integrated the southern schools at gunpoint, folks. That's what the Jews call democracy. Anyway, this tweet uh, gives the blacklisted uh, YouTube accounts True News. True News is actually a Christian uh, network. David Gehari actually appeared on True News talking about the Jewish assault on the USS Liberty. And so they've been blacklisted, even though they're you know, fundamentalist Christians, but they have the courage to call out the Jews when it need be, okay? Uh, now they'll eventually realize it's all the time because all the major evils in the world are scams operated by Jews. Uh, Sanderson, 1611, who I'm not familiar with. E. Michael Jones, who is the Catholic exposer of Jewish crimes, Michael Hoffman, most of you should be familiar with him. He, he wrote the book, They Were White and They Were Slaves. Brother Nathaniel, the only Jew on the list so far. A website called 122 Space 322. Never heard of that. Alt-Woke, Alt-Woke. America First with Nicholas J. Fuentes. American Free Press. American Freedom Party. American Identity Movement. I don't know if that's Christian identity or some other kind of identitarian. I'm not familiar with them. American Renaissance. That's Jared Taylor's outfit. Arctos. Never heard of that. Christogonia. That's uh, William Fink. Faith J. Goldie, the pro-white agitator in Canada. The Foundry. Not familiar with them. James Alsup, Ken Daly, Little Revolution 2, NPI, Radix. Not familiar with them. But now here, here, here's somebody. Pastor Eli James. How about it, folks? We're infamous. The political cesspool. Yeah, we know who that is. In fact, Daryl is supposed to be interviewed by the political cesspool this week. Public Space, J.F. Garipi. Now, uh, that's a Frenchman who once attempted to interview me, but when I went on his show, I started talking about the real enemy of the people, namely the Jews, and he said in the middle, you know, he said, oh, no, we can't talk about that. Sorry. All right. Very good. Bye-bye. Next is TRS Radio, Reclaim America, The Red Elephants, Vincent James, Red Eyes TV. TOQ Live, which is Kevin McDonald, and VDARE TV. VDARE has been around for a long time. So these are you know on the Jewish, the ADL hit list, and they've done a good job of shutting us up on the internet. So, uh, okay, here are some of the comments on, on this channel. Let me quickly check the uh, chat room here. So, yeah, I did put it in there. 
And so some of the comments of the of people in, in their uh, comment section, RP man looked up Sanderson 1611 and Brother Nathaniel, and they are simply Christian channels. This is nothing but anti-whiteism. They still hate Jesus, that's for sure. Joe Tunney, thanks for the truth speech heads up ADL. I'll have a look and retweet. ADL coming for my brother Stephen Anderson just because he's preaching replacement theology. Of course, that's the other Stephen Anderson, not our Stephen Anderson. This is a battle that goes back 2,000 years. There are people who are waking up. Uh, Claude Zachary, not brother Nathaniel. He's the best. How can they do that? Revolution Sports Card. The ADL is a hate group. Thank you very much. And uh, J.F. Garippi responds, the, oh, at J.F. Garippi, the ADL just declared war on you. Well, that's because he gets too close to the truth. Derek Utley says, wow, they must be coordinating with Facebook, too. Facebook took down Vince's Facebook page, the Red Elephants, the other day. Daniel C. says, I find it perplexing how Americans can tolerate the existence of such an organization as the ADL. Yeah, the Anti-Descent League. A nation founded, or a, a group founded on the concept of freedom of thought and speech should be completely hostile. Yes, a nation founded on a concept of freedom of thought and speech should be completely hostile to an organization dedicated to putting limits on those freedoms. Now, if people are finally figuring out what the ADL is about, it's the Anti-Dissent League. They hate freedom of speech because those who, who preach hate, hate the truth. Nathaniel Enoch, can you please give me the link so I could see the full list? Okay, so I don't even know where that is. All right, and it shows Rick Wiles of True News on his uh, show Though true news, <laughs> despite YouTube policy update, an anti-Semitic white supremacist channel. What? No, they're Judeo-Christians. <laughs> Just because they call out the Jews on certain issues makes them automatically oh, anti-Semitic and white supremacist. Why don't you call them neo-Nazis too? Wasn't Jesus a Nazi? So this is the garbage the Jews put out. And if you want the truth, well, you have to come here, your folk radio, because we got it down. We have the whole Bible down pat. So let's get back to uh, today's topic, which is the enmity. I believe part four, I didn't have a chance to check the, uh, the record earlier. So this is, we're going to now detail the bloodline of Cain. Uh, last few shows were devo devoted to exposing the false theology of evolutionism and the false theology of six-day creationism. And the geological record clearly proves that there have been extinction events for the longest time. And I've been following this since I went to college, that the uniformitarians those geologists and sci other scientists who believe that the Earth has had one long, slow progression of evolution uninterrupted because they need an uninterrupted record in order for the various species to evolve into higher forms. 
has been totally destroyed. Uniformitarianism is out the window because the geological record clearly proves that there have been mass extinction events, M-E-E. That's what they call it. This is standard geology now, folks. And I remember when I read uh, all of the catastrophic accounts of the past, the geological past and historical past, it was so obvious that the catastrophists were right and the uniformitarians were wrong, it was laughable. But this is what the Judeo colleges, yeah, the Judeo colleges teach because they have to keep propping up the fable of evolution. But the geological record has utterly destroyed uniformitarianism, and uniformitarianism was the basis of evolutionism as long as as well as materialism. Both have been proven false by the modern geology and by quantum mechanics. Totally proven false. So, and all those scientists who are still stuck in the past and haven't caught up with quantum mechanics, which is teaching the intelligent design thesis, the intelligent design thesis is supplanting the Newtonian old-fashioned science, old-fashioned science, and Nobel laureate physicists who are experts at quantum mechanics say things like, it appears that the universe is a great thought. Or, behind everything is a great mind. So, physics has confronted consciousness, and they can't analyze consciousness with machines, with measuring devices. So I'm sorry, all you materialists out there. The universe is a living being, and Yahweh is the heart and soul of that living being. As Paul says, we, are, we exist, we live in him. We have our being in him. So the Bible is true, and everybody else is a liar. Thank you very much. All right, let's go. Bloodline of Cain. In this episode, I will not get into any problems of translation or any problems of potential tampering with the original Hebrew text. Here, I merely wish to establish that there are, in fact, two bloodlines. The bloodline of Seth and the bloodline of Cain. So let me bring up my e-sword, which is really behind the times as well. So Genesis chapter 5. Let's open it up. Adam's descendants to Noah. Okay, so we have right here, actually in Genesis 4, we were given the bloodline of the Kenites, and we'll get back to that later. We'll do that next in another episode. But I will start with Genesis 4.1 because that is one of the problematic verses that we have to deal with. Genesis 5.1. This is the book. The book. Sefer, or Sifra. Sefer. Properly, properly writing, the art or a document, by implication, a book, bill, 
book, evidence, letter, register, scroll. This is the scroll of the generations. Tolada, plural only. Descent, that is family. All right. Well, you have to have at least two people <laughs> to have descent, right? A mother and father and a, a mother and child. Okay. You have to have mother and child to have any kind of descent. Tolada automatically implies more than one. That is family, or figuratively, the history, the history of that family. Birth, generations. So Tolada means descent, posterity. That's the most important word, word posterity. We are the posterity of Adam, the one who shows blood in the face. Adam is the next word. Adam, the same as Adam. The name of the first man, so they say here in uh, uh, Esord. The name of the first man. No, Adam means to show blood in the face. That's what it means. In the day that Yahweh, or actually Elohim, it's Elohim. It's not Yahweh here. In the day that Elohim created, that is Bara, Adam, from H119, ruddy. That is, well, they say a human being. No, it's one who shows blood in the face. That's what ruddy means, to show blood in the face. It's not mankind, it's those who show bloody uh, bloody faces, right? Blood in the face. Yeah, we, our faces are being bloodied by the Jews. In the likeness of Elohim made, and that's Asa, made he, him. Okay, so only the Adamites are made in the likeness of Elohim. Verse 2, male and female created he them. That's a reference back to Genesis 1, where the species was created. Male and female created he them, and blessed them, and called their name Adam. In the day when they were created. That's in Genesis 1, and that's bara again. So Genesis 5, 1 and 2, hearken back to Genesis 1, to the creation of our species, those who show blood in the face. Genesis 1 is all about the creation of the species, all species. And it does not get into the individual man, Adam, and the individual woman, Eve, until Genesis chapter 2. And we will document that in upcoming episodes. So Genesis 1, just remember this. Genesis 1 is all about the creation of species in great numbers. We're not told how many uh, Yahweh put on the earth of each species as the seed, as the seeding of these various species. But it's very clear that it had to be a lot of them because he wanted them to be fruitful and multiply, right? It's hard for just one man and one woman to be fruitful and multiply. Accidents can happen. So all of this verifies the Christian identity point of view that 
Genesis 1 is the creation of species. Now, interestingly, along with the MEE, the mass extinction events, scientists now have conceded that all of these new species that came along after the mass extinction events just came appeared suddenly. They appeared suddenly. Where'd they come from? Uh, maybe the good fairy? <laughs> maybe some, uh, some mad scientist concocted them in a test tube and poured them out onto the landscape? Folks, Christian identity is being verified as we speak. They appeared from nowhere, literally, because those mass extinction events caused strata in the geological record that have zero fossils. Zero fossils have found none. Absolutely none. Plus, there is a brown layer before the creation of the mass creation event, <laughs> all right, the MCE, the mass creation event by Yahweh of a reddish-brown, very thin, reddish-brown layer of fine dust. And the scientists are telling us this could only come from outer space because of its high lithium content, which is uh, very uh, common on meteors and asteroids. Very clear evidence that the Earth was impacted by a large object which virtually destroyed the entire planet, i.e. a mass extinction event. So what we here have been teaching about the recreation, that Genesis 1 is about a recreation, not the initial creation. Yahweh had to re reseed the planet with more species. And he didn't bother with dinosaurs or saber-toothed tigers or mammoths and, and uh, uh, I forget the other, the hairy mammoths saber, you know, and the curly Q uh, elephants. They were all destroyed around 10,500 B.C. during this mass extinction event. You see piles and piles, millions and billions of bones piled up because of tidal waves washing up dead animals and depositing them on shorelines in Alaska, and flash-frozen saber-toothed tigers and woolly mammoths flash-frozen in the frozen tundra of Siberia. These have been dug up, intact, still having the lilies they were eating in their mouths, flash-frozen, instantly killed preserved to this day from that mass extinction event around 12,000 years ago. Okay, so it wasn't billions of years ago. Now, the dinosaurs were killed in a previous mass extinction event, but the woolly mammoth, the saber-toothed tiger, and such creatures that were way smaller than dinosaurs were killed in the latest mass extinction event. And this is all documented in my series, on the enmity, unfortunately, the website is down right now. I will put those articles up first thing once I get the website up again next week. All right. So, modern science is verifying our theology 100% as we predicted it would. Because we're not telling fables here, folks. 
Here at Eurofolk Radio, we talk about real science and true religion, namely Christian identity. Verse 3, And Adam lived 130 years and begat a son in his own likeness. Whoa! Whoa! Remember that. His own likeness. Demuth from the Hebrew uh, H, 1819, the, the actual word is 1823, resemblance. Hmm, shouldn't the son look like the father? Isn't that what uh, Jacob said when he looked upon his son? Hey, hey they look like me, <laughs> right? They don't look like some African, all right? Concretely, model, shape, adverbially, like, that is, alike. Manner, similitude, likeness. All right? That's what the word means. So you expect your children to look like the mother and the father. And that's what Seth looked like. He looked like his father Adam and his mother Eve and called his name Seth. In Hebrew, Sheth. From Eight, uh, it's H8352 from A7896. Put, that is substituted. Sheth, third son of Adam. Oh, actually, that's incorrect. Sheth was the second son of Adam because Cain was not his son. All right. Adam is not listed as the father of Cain. Not in Genesis 3 or in Genesis 4. So they have got this wrong too. Of course, we're dealing with Judeo-Christian interpretation. So not all the definitions in Strong's Concordance are trustworthy. Okay, let me repeat this. This is the most important verse that we have to deal with here. And Adam, the one who shows blood in the face, lived an hundred and thirty years and begat a son in his own likeness after his image and called his name Seth. Okay, now you understand the true meaning of Genesis 5.3. And all of the Judeo Christians and the Jews be damned if they don't like this interpretation because this is what the Hebrew words mean. And we ain't fooling around here, folks. We're not taking their interpretation as gospel, nor should we ever. Okay, uh, all right, somebody put in a website for Cain. I don't know uh, who that was. Um, uh, Let me know, Beverifello, which website you're referring to, and I'll try to do that for you. Okay, so let's get back to Genesis chapter 5. And then, uh, I don't know if we'll get to it today, but on uh, an upcoming show, we'll get to Genesis chapter 4 again and detail the descendants of Cain. Very important stuff, knowing who the descendants of Cain are. Now, what amazes me that none of the churches, and certainly, you know, it doesn't amaze me that the Jews don't teach this stuff because they don't want you to know that they're the descendants of Cain, but none of these people... The Judeo-Christians, none of the secularists, none of these people have figured this out. And we owe great debt of thanks to Dr. Wesley Swift and Pastor 
compare for figuring this out, for actually doing the word studies. Let's look at these words. What do they mean? Instead of jumping, you know, the word Adam does not mean man in the sense of all races. There's no way. The King James Version plays fast and loose with these words. And they're completely different words like Enosh and Adam have completely different meanings in the Hebrew, and yet they translate both those words as the English man, M-A-N. Of course, in the generic sense. Well, that's horrible translating. Horrible. You don't genericize Hebrew words into English. That's what they've done with the word Gentile, which isn't even in the Bible. Genericization. (laughs) Universalization. Verse 4. And the days of Adam. Now, of course, the days is Yom. And we'll be getting into a detailed study of the word Yom as we continue. But days, it means to be hot. So it's literally referring to the daytime. Whether literally from sunrise to sunset or from one sunset to the next, okay? And we, we use the word day in the same sense. It can mean either the daytime, 12 hours, or the, the, the full 24-hour day. It can also mean an eon, or figuratively, a space of time defined by an associated term. In other words, the day of the dinosaurs, okay? How long was that? Well, the evolutionist will tell us that was millions of years. So the Hebrew word yom can mean millions of years. An age, it says here, perpetually or presently. Okay, in our day, which could refer to this current generation of people. Okay, so... So, so the fact that the KJV simply assumed that the Hebrew word yom means a 24-hour day is not even verifiable from Genesis 1 because it went from the evening to the morning as the first day. That's only 12 hours, folks. Come on, use your stinking brain. Judeo-Christians, use your brains. You have to look at the real meanings of the words. Verse 4, And the days of Adam after he had begotten Seth were 800 years, and he begat sons and daughters. We're not told how many. Okay. But Seth was driven away to the land of Nod. We're not told where Adam and Eve went here. And, but the legends tell us that they actually went east into India, up into the um, uh, mountainous valleys of India, so that, uh, that they were mountain dwellers right after this period. And Cain dwelt in the valleys, probably, probably the land of Nod, meaning wandering. That's all the word Nod means. It means land of wandering. And he wandered around in the stinking desert of wherever it was, was probably uh, northern Mesopotamia. Or it could be southern Mesopotamia, too. 
because a lot of people place the Garden of Eden actually south of the current delta of the Tigris and Euphrates because uh, water levels have risen since those days and have probably flooded the original settlement or the original Garden of Eden. Okay, so uh, again, we have to, you know, this is a long time. We're talking 6,500 years, something like that. Okay, and there's no telling how long the days of Genesis 1 were when the species was created. We're only talking about the man Adam here. So the man Adam will take us back approximately 7,000 years. Okay, and then we have the so-called eight days of creation, with one of them being a day of rest. So that's at least 8,000 years, if not longer. So that takes us right around the last mass extinction event. Okay, (laughs) that's where it takes us. Let's continue. Verse 5, And all the days that Adam lived were 930 years, and he died. I don't know if I want to live that long with all these aches and pains. Genesis 5, 6, And Seth lived 105 years and begat Enos. So you can look at Genesis chapter 10 and other chapters of the Bible list these patriarchs. And don't you know, the world today hates the white patriarchs. But we're not giving up, folks. We are living white patriarchs. And Jesus Christ, Yahshua Messiah, is going to come back and kick butt. Kick the butts of all our enemies. Glory be the day. Genesis 5-7. And Seth lived after he begat Enos 807 years and begat sons and daughters. And Enos lived after he begat Canaan. Now remember, the, the Edomites are actually the Kenites use a trick of giving their offspring similar names to those of the Sethites. We are Sethites. The Jews are Kenites. Okay? That's, let's be very clear about this. We are Sethites. The Jews are Kenites. They're the children of Cain. And Enos lived after he begat Canaan 815 years and begat sons and daughters. Genesis 5.11, And all the days of Enos were 905 years, and he died. And I'll just name the names. Canaan, Mahaliel, Jared, and uh, Enoch. Jared and Enoch. Let me scroll down here real quick. Just give you the names. We don't need to know the exact uh, number of years they lived at this point. But it does say here, uh, Enoch walked with Elohim after he begat Methuselah. Okay, so he was translated directly into heaven or the nether sphere, that, that sphere from which the physical world was created. It materialized out of a higher plane. The physical world materialized out of a higher plane. And that being the case, there is no way science can reach up into that higher plane with their measuring devices and say, well, this is how the world became. They have reached the dead end. The dead end is called quantum mechanics, folks. 
Heisenberg said, there's no way when we're looking at a photon to give both its position and its direction. There's no way. Our measuring devices do not permit us to tell us both. We're at a dead end in terms of being able to measure down into the quantum level. We can't do it. So what they do is they make up stuff, <laughs> like quarks. <laughs> quarks, strangers, and charm? Oh, the universe is made of quarks, strangers, and charm. How about that? Let's measure that. Genesis 5.24, And Enoch walked with God, and he was not, or at least on this plane. Let me see what the word not means here. Aeon, as if from a primitive root, meaning to be nothing, to not exist. Uh, he was not on this planet. He was not on this plane anymore. He went up into the nether sphere, uh, where all the creative activity takes place, before it gets uh, precipitated down onto planet Earth. And that's the correct word, precipitated. All of these species were formed in heaven, in the nether sphere, and were precipitated onto the earth. Just as the fallen ones precipitated down onto Mount Hermon. But they did it without the permission of Yahweh. They rebelled in heaven and precipitated themselves, materialized themselves onto Mount Hermon. And these are the, the giants that took the daughters of Adam and made hybrid creatures with them and, of course, with other existing creatures. Their whole purpose of these Nephilim, who are actually the off, uh, offspring, the fallen ones, were the rebellious angels that rebelled with Lucifer and materialized on this plane in order to wreak havoc among us. That was their only intention, was to wreak havoc among us. And their children are still with us today. Genesis 5.25 And Methuselah lived 187 years and begat Lamech. So now there's a Lamech in uh, the line of the Kenites too. And we'll get into that, the similarities. And of course, this is by design to confuse us. And, you know, people who gloss over the Bible will not even realize that there's two bloodlines, the bloodline of Cain in Genesis 4 and the bloodline of Seth in Genesis 5. Clearly differentiated, and we're not to confuse the two. But nobody outside of Christian identity bothers to do this simple reading. Very simple reading. How can you get this wrong? Well, because your eyes are glossed over with lies, with Jewish deceit, and you accept the rabbinical version of Scripture, which is nothing but lies, instead of reading it for yourself. And that's what differentiates Christian identity from all other religions. All other religions, you must obey the imam, or the rabbi, or the lama. Not in Christ true Christianity, there's, we have only one intercessor, and that is Yahshua Messiah and the word of the scriptures. We are the ones who decide. Not some stinking priest. Not, certainly not no stinking Catholic priest. Or even an Anglican priest. Or a Presbyterian priest. We are a generation of priests. 
all of us are supposed to be experts on these scriptures, and we're not to sit back and, and let some stinking Catholic priest tell us what the Bible means. Everything they teach about the Bible is as wrong as what the Jews teach about the Bible. So how do you make sense of anything in this world? Well, you have to go back to the original source, which is the Holy Scriptures and the meanings of the words in the original languages. That's what we do in Christian identity. And no other religious group, <laughs> Brother Abraham, Herman Munster, <laughs> Mount Herman Munster, yeah, yeah, Cain's Monster's family. And... Uh, we, we are always seeing the images of uh, the Kenites in the Jewish faith. In fact, Dave Gehari, we compared the faces of Alan Dershowitz, uh, who's the Jewish movie director, I forget his name, uh, he, he, the child molester, uh, the Jewish movie director, and other Jews. They, they all look alike. At least uh, these are the Ashkenazi Jews, Okay who have these uh, gigantic jowls, like Mr. Magoo, and uh, their, their crooked noses, crooked eyes, crooked faces. Uh, although the Ashkenazim don't have, most of them don't have the receding foreheads anymore because they've been bred into the Japhethites. And a, there might have been a few uh, Caucasian Israelites still in the territory uh, where the Ashkenazi kingdom arose, the Khazars. Okay, but the Khazars already had a lot of Japhetic blood because they cannot trace themselves back to Shem. They can only trace themselves partially back to Japheth through Ashkenaz. Ashkenaz is one of the descendants of uh, of Japheth. Okay, and the Khazars tell us tell us as much in their own records. Records are written down by other people that uh, Joseph Bulan. The king of the Khazars said, we're the sons of Ashkenaz, Tagarma, the Turks, Hittites. That's the reality, folks. You won't learn that from anybody else except here, right here on Eurofolk Radio. Okay, so, and then, of course, after uh, Lamech, uh, hold on. Uh, I think, yeah, Methuselah was still alive, but only, uh, and uh, Methuselah died shortly before the flood, and the only patriarch to come through the flood was Noah, Genesis 5.32. All right, so that's the bloodline of Seth. And so now let's go, we'll check into the bloodline of Cain. I did Genesis chapter 5 first because I wanted you to understand that Seth was in the image, the spitting image of Adam. Cain was not. But before I go into Genesis chapter 4 and the um, reading and the understanding of what those verses are actually saying, as compared to what the Judeos and the Rabbinates teach, the garbage that they teach. Now, in a way, you can't really blame the Judeos because they've been trained to accept the, the rabbis as the experts on the Bible. No, they're the distorters. They will even admit to you that their true book is the Talmud, 
not the Torah. But they use deceptive language and they equate Talmud and Torah. And then other times they will say, well, the Talmud is superior to Torah. But then they again will equate the Talmud as Torah. No, it's not. Torah is the five books of Moses. He was not a Jew. He was an Adamite. That's the difference, folks. Keep these distinctions clear. If you don't keep these distinctions clear, then you're talking gibberish. So now I'm going to go into uh, an article I wrote uh, addressing Genesis 4.1. And if I have time, I'll go into Clifton Emmeheiser's excellent article on Genesis 4.1 as well, where he gives alternative translations. But who is Gog? And I'll put this article up as soon as I get uh, Anglo-Saxon Israel up and running again. Genesis 2 tells us about the formation of Adam. Adam, That formation is Yatsar, not bara. Adam was a special creation by God. He was supposed to take care of the garden and use it as a base from which to assume dominion of the planet. Going back to Genesis 1, verses 26 through 28. However, he and Eve partook of the forbidden fruit of the non-white races. Yes, Eve was beguiled by the serpent, Nachash, whisperer, beguiler, seducer, in the garden, Genesis 3, 6. It was not a literal snake, folks. It's the Judeos who teach it was a literal snake and that there was a literal apple. But Genesis says absolutely nothing about an apple. And the serpent is not a literal snake either. This serpent was condemned to crawl on his belly. (laughs) So snakes have always done that. So this was not a literal snake. This serpent was either a fallen angel or a hominid of the two-legged beasts of Genesis 1 through 3. The idea that there were two-legged beasts is confirmed by a thorough scriptural passage search which tells of beasts who have hands and feet, have the capacity of speech, and are able to worship God. Yes, Negroes are able to worship God. You can see them in their churches. But their concept of God is very much limited and not comparable to ours. Jonah 3.8 is a good example. And I did a show about um, the beast with a hand, an article written by Jason Blaha. And if you want to read that or my show about it, you can just go online and, and type in, in your browser, Beast with a Hand by Jason Blaha. And he will explain the, all of the passages where these so-called beasts are two-legged beasts. So this is a, a tremendous oversight by the King James Translation Committee who failed to do this. But of course, they were under the gun. King James ordered them to crank out a translation because he wanted something to compete with the Geneva Bible, which was the poor man's Bible. The Geneva Bible is far superior to the King James. Far superior. The King James was commissioned by King James to overrule, to overtake, to overthrow the Geneva Bible and other previous translations because he wanted the Anglican Church to uh, be dominant over all people. That's why he commissioned the so-called authorized version. The King James-only crowd overlooked this fact. And by the way, the King James Translation Committee never said that this is 
an, an inerrant translation. They never made that claim. It's only later false teachers who make that claim. Continuing, seduction or poor eating habits. You know, was there a literal apple? Or are we talking about a sexual seduction? Although the Bible says at Genesis 4.1 that Adam knew his wife and she conceived and bare Cain and said, she said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. The fact is that this is a problematic translation of the Hebrew. And it is also, and I think by now you have understand from all the verses we've discussed so far, the problems in the KJV translation. The basic, the main problem, which is endemic throughout the King James translation, is they habitually get certain words wrong and mistranslate them. Jew is a good one. Gentile is a good one. Man is a good one. And there are literally dozens of such words which are ubiquitously improperly translated throughout the KJV version. Okay? That's a problem. If you don't stay true to the original language, then you're creating a false translation. And it is also probable that the original Hebrew text was changed in order to hide the fact that Eve had committed adultery with the quote-unquote serpent. Okay? Now, uh, what, uh, was it the fifth commandment, seventh commandment? I forget which one it is. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Well, the word adultery means to adulterate, to pollute. Okay? It has nothing to do with marriage. That's covered later. In the 10th commandment, thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife, right? Okay, so why should it be dealt with twice? It's not. The word adulterate means to make impure. And this is proved by the fact that Judah's two sons, Pharaoh and Zerah, were begotten outside of marriage. Yet the Bible has no problem putting them into the lineage of Yahshua Messiah and Adam. The bloodline was pure, even though the children were what? Well, in modern terms, they're bastards. Okay? There's a lot of white bastards running around, but they're still white. The bloodline is pure. This proves that that commandment means adulterate. It does not mean born outside of marriage. That's what it means, folks. Okay? So, uh, let's get into, and let me bring it up here in uh, Esword, that we're talking about Cain and Abel here. So, let me just read it from Esword. And again, we have an Adam same as the first man. He was not the first man. He was the first white man. Knew, yada, to know, properly to ascertain by seeing, used in a great variety of senses, figuratively, literally, euphemistically, and inferentially, including observation, care, recognition, and causatively, instruction, designation, punishment, etc., etc., but also to know, Sexually, okay? 
And that's how it's being used here. Of course, he had to know her. You know, you have to get to know her. <laughs> Adam, I have to get to know you first before you, quote unquote, know me, right? This is how it works, folks. That's how it's supposed to work. Uh, uh, rape is the other alternative. And Adam knew. He got to know her. And they they, they had sex with each other. Eve, Hava is the actual Hebrew pronunciation, Hava, life giver. Well, she's the one who gave life to our species. Unfortunately, she gave life to the Kenites as well. His wife, Isha, Nashim, two different words here in Hebrew, Isha, Nashim. The first form is the feminine of H376 or H582, the second form is an irregular plural, a woman. Okay, so Isha is the feminine meaning wife. She's the wife of Adam, but Nashim simply means woman. Okay, and so, but these are interchangeably translated as woman uh, throughout scripture. So uh, it's hard to say. Uh, you have to do a thorough word study to see if there's any real difference between the two. But uh, it's definitely the feminine, the female of our species. And she conceived, okay, to become pregnant. Conceive, be with child, progenitor. Okay, progenitor of what? The progeny, the offspring, and bear. Yalad begat, gave birth to Cain, Cain. Okay, with a play upon the affinity to H7069, Cain, the name of the first child. Okay, that's correct. Doesn't say Adamite because the scripture doesn't say Adamite. <laughs> he's a Cain, he's a Cain which is not the same as an Adamite. You have to understand that. Here, the meanings of the words are, are very critical. And he says, Cain, the name of the first child, also of a place in Palestine, and of an Oriental tribe, the Kenites. Now, it's interesting that he identifies the Kenites as an Oriental tribe. Thank you very much. And said... She said, I declare, I declare, I declare, says Scarlett O'Hara. Whoa, I have gotten, <laughs> a primitive root to erect, that is, create to the extent that we humans can create or we Adamites can create. By extension, to procure, I have procured. Hmm. Something. A man. H three seventy six. Ish. Not an Adam. An Ish. Which properly defined is to be extant. An existing being, essentially immortal. A man as an individual or male person. So what she's telling us, I have begotten, I have procured by giving birth 
a male. She doesn't tell us whether it's an Adamite or not. Why doesn't she tell us it's an Adamite? Because it wasn't. From Eth. Properly, nearness. Used only as a preposition or adverb, near, hence generally with, by, at, among. Or it can even mean against, among, before, by. So it's a very broad preposition from Yahweh, it says here, Yehovah, the self-existent or eternal Yehovah. It says here, Jewish national name of God. No, it's not Jewish. The Jews don't even pronounce that name. They forbid the pronunciation of the name of Yahweh. It's not Jehovah, it's Yahweh. So, there's a lot going on here, folks. An absolute uh, a book. You can write a book about this one verse. And so let's, let's take it apart. So, the translation from the uh, Jewish Mechan Mamre is this. And the man knew his wife Eve, and it should be capital A, Adam. So here, the King James Version is correct, more correct, than the Jewish translation, which has lowercase m, man, instead of Adam. So here you see the Jews are fudging the, the whole dialogue here, because obviously it has to be the man, Adam. She didn't have sex with the whole race. She had sex with Adam. And she conceived and bore Cain and said, quote, they put this in quotation marks, which is better. I have gotten a man with the help of Yahweh. With the help of Yahweh. That's how the Jewish translation reads. So this declares that Yahweh somehow assisted Eve in begetting Cain. Whoa! You could say that's implied by the King James trench. I have procured an ish from Yahweh. But see, she is just being quoted. This is her expression. I declare that I have gotten an ish, a male, a male child, a man child from Yahweh. That's all it says. It doesn't say, and she's not saying, hmm, I have begotten Adam's son. She doesn't say that. And if, if Cain had been an, Adam, an Adamite, Adam kind, the verse would have said so. So there's a very big problem here. But there's also a big problem with this expression, with the help of. That is false. That is false. So, yeah, she got a Nahash critter. <laughs> she, Eve begat a Nahash critter. And that's all it's telling us. It's not telling us that Cain was Adam's son. So you can impute that because the way of the, trans, the way it's translated. And uh, but it's giving us the order of birth here. That's all it's doing. It's just giving us the order of birth. Cain was born first. And when Cain was born, she exclaimed, 
I have procured an ish from Yahweh. Well, was it really from Yahweh? The Jews would have us believe it was from Yahweh. Verse 2, And she again bare his brother Abel. Now, Pastor Steve says the Hebrew, the word again does not necessarily mean right away. That doesn't mean that they were fraternal twins uh, uh, in the same in the womb at the same time. It doesn't necessarily mean that. It can mean that uh, Abel was born a bit late, you know, from another conception. Either way, whether they were fraternal twins or from different uh, uh, you know, periods of conception that Eve's womb would have been contaminated with the DNA of Nahash. And that's why our race fell. Once, once Eve's womb was contaminated with the DNA of Nahash, we fell. Period. That's all there is to it. No more ex- explanation necessary. Okay? And Pastor uh, Dr. Wesley Swift says that Eve had to bear had to conceive, had to go through seven gestations, whether they were uh, stillborn or whatever, we don't know. Some of them may have uh, survived, but nevertheless, there was some contamination of our species by this Nahash DNA. And this is why we fell. It had nothing to do with a mental fall. It was definitely a sexual fall, as Genesis 3 clearly tells us. You know, why would they wear loincloths over their, you know, uh, you know, reproductive apparatus instead of dunce caps? If their sin was merely mental or eating an apple, you know, why cover your reproductive apparatus, folks? I mean, that makes no sense. And why was Eve's womb cursed with pain? And, you know, in subsequent births. So... You know, you have to look at the actual evidence and stop making up fables. It's very clear that the sin of Adam and Eve was one of reproduction. A forbidden reproduction occurred here, folks. All right, so uh, Yasof, she again, to add or augment or to add to. So that's correct. Bear, Yalad, to bear, to give birth to, to beget. His brother, now Unfortunately, the Hebrew does not have expressions like brother-in-law or half-brother or things like that. We have to uh, determine that from the record, from the Hebrew scriptures. And so uh, Abel was the half-brother of Cain because they had different fathers. Abel's father was Adam. Cain's father was Nachash. And Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. Now, it's interesting that Cain was the original tiller of the ground. And in process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground because he was actually a farmer. Yeah, but he didn't like being a farmer. (laughs) Okay. Uh, But Abel was uh, a husbandman not a farmer. And of course, both types of people have come from Adam kind. Husbandmen, cattle ranchers, all right, keepers of sheep, 
and farmers. You know, we are primarily, there are more white farmers and white ranchers than any other people. And we did this from the beginning. So in Africa, you don't see, they, we taught them farming and they still really can't farm. They were simply nomads who kept a, a small amount of cattle, drove them from place to place where the, where the food was. And they picked uh, what was handy from the ground. That's not farming, folks. Blacks have never been farmers, nor have Jews, except for their progenitor, Cain. He was a farmer for a short period of time. We're not told how long, but he must have at least had one crop. He at least had one crop. All right. So, in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought the, uh, the fruit of the ground an offering unto Yahweh. And H127 is Adama, which means red dirt. That's what it means. That's all it means. It means red dirt. Verse 4. And Abel, he also brought of the firstlings. Now, note, big difference here. And it amazes me that the Judeo-Christians haven't even figured this out yet. What was Cain's sin? Why, you know, why was his offering refused? Because he didn't bring the firstlings. He didn't offer the first fruits. He kept the good stuff for himself and gave the second best to Yahweh. So right here, there's a major problem with Cain. He held back the first fruits of his crop. But Abel brought of the firstlings of his flock and the fat thereof, and Yahweh had respect unto Abel and to his offering, but unto Cain, by the way, the actual meaning of the word Cain, Kai, is to, to get, to acquire, acquisitiveness. Okay? So it's a, the, the name Cain means that he's greedy. He wants to keep stuff for himself. And he wanted Abel's stuff too. That's why he killed Abel. The Jews still retain this quality even to this day. And to his offering, Yahweh had not respect. And Cain was very wroth. See, if you slight a Jew, he gets very angry. And his countenance, even if he does wrong, even if it's his fault, because he has no humility. And Yahweh said unto Cain, Why art thou wroth? You know, what's, what's your problem? <laughs> what's your problem, Jew? And why is thy countenance fallen? It doesn't say, Why are you blushing? <laughs> because he lost the ability to blush because his daddy was Nagash. Verse 7 If thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted? And if thou dost doest not well, sin lieth at the door. So Yahweh's just laying it on him, okay? You got to do right. You got to do it my way, or you will not be accepted. And sin lieth at the door, 
Patak. An opening. That is the door, gate, entranceway. And it can also be referring to the womb. Because sin can enter the womb, too. So, so he's telling Cain, well, you're at the precipice. You're standing at the door of sin, of evil. And what does Cain say? Oh, let's, uh, I forgot there's another sentence here in this verse. And unto thee shall be his desire. That What's his? What's his? Sin. And thou shalt rule over him, which is sin. Apparently sin is a masculine noun. And, okay, so it has a... Um, a noun meaning of offender also. It can also be a reference to the offender, not necessarily to the sin itself. Okay, an offense, also an offender. Okay, so the sinner sinning lieth at the door, and you, Cain, shall rule over sin. You shall be a sinner is what we're being told in Genesis 4, 8. Okay? And Yahweh said unto Cain, Where is Abel thy brother? And he said, I know not. Am I my brother's keeper? This is the attitude of the Jews today. They they don't give a damn about anybody else except themselves. And, of course, the Rothschilds don't even give a damn about the little Jew because they sacrifice the little Jew all the time in false flag operations in order to get sympathy for the Jew. And most Jews are totally clueless that the Rothschilds will sacrifice them at any time. Uh, uh, Vis-a-vis Jeffrey Epstein, he had to be sacrificed because it was just getting too hot the publicity around Epstein and all the Jews involved in ritual pedophilia and child sacrifice was just dominating the news cycle and they had to put an end to it. That's why Epstein had to be gotten rid of. Okay, we don't need you anymore, Jeffrey. Bye-bye. Now, some people believe that his death was faked, but I don't think so. He's too much of a liability. Some people are worth more dead than alive. And that's the case with Jeffrey Epstein. Uh, I doubt that he'll make a reappearance. Even if he is alive, they're going to keep him you know, hidden away uh, like Napoleon on that island. Uh, they're not going to let him surface again. Genesis 4.8, And Cain talked with Abel his brother, and it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel his brother and slew him. Didn't Yahweh say he's going to be a sinner? So there's all kinds of prophetic statements in the first four chapters of Genesis that the vast majority of Christian theologians totally overlook. They don't understand why Cain's offering was refused. But that's because they believe that the law was not given until Sinai. No. Yahweh laid the law out to Adam and Eve and said, Do not touch that tree. 
of the knowledge of good and evil. What kind of literal tree has knowledge of good and evil? None, folks. We're talking about progeny. We're talking about the uh, genome. We're talking about the genome that we know today as the Jews. Yes, Brother Hebert, a bad tree cannot bring forth good fruit. Thank you very much. Yahshua himself told us that. Okay, so this bad tree is Jewry, and their daddy is Nachash, the fallen angel, and their first human progenitor was Cain, a mongrel. Not an Adamite, but merely a man, male, man-child of this other species, of this other bloodline, a hybrid species, this other bloodline. So that's what Genesis 4, 1 is telling us. Not what the Judeos and the Jews tell us. They're lying to you because the Jews do not, do not want common knowledge of the two bloodlines published. They do not want this. But we in Christian identity will continue to assert it because it's the truth and because it's irrefutable. We've done the word studies. We've done the history. We've shown that the Bible is scientifically accurate in its in its explanation of the recreation it says replenish the earth it doesn't say plenish it says replenish plenish again and that's what genesis 1 is all about the earth was not created null and void it became that way the earth had become void that's the correct translation so of course, the King James translators could not have possibly devoted time to such concerns. They, they had to crank out the, the KJV version because King James was tapping his toe. And he had his arms akimbo. Thanks for listening. Praise Yahweh. Pass the ammunition. We will see you all again today at Voice of Christian Israel. And be sure to stay tuned for Brother Abear's discussion of the feast days. Yahweh bless.